Yowza, yowza, yowza. Yes, it's me. It's me. The magical Mr. T. TR, that is. TR shock to you, humanoids. Uh, I got to thank the Wide Men Network, widemencantjump.com, Wide Men, whatever the fuck. Myself, Nate, Tim, created this juggernaut a few years ago. Those two have handsomely held up the ship since I've been working my fucking one testicle off. And it's time for me to divulge, uh, diverge. What the fuck, man? I should have prepared better. Dive in, as as Nate would say, but I, I had a better word in my mind. Anyway, uh, I'm going to dive in on Slammiversary, which happened last night in Nashville, Tennessee. Boy, do I have some Nashville stories. But anyway, this is going to be a different review type show than any you've ever heard. Um, it's on the fly, so it's not going to be uh, completely polished like the uh, end product's going to be in about a month from now. But let's jump right into it. Uh, I sat here last night sleepy as a motherfucker. I felt like I had opioids in my system or something. And uh, it was from being overworked. But. The pre-show, actually, I shouldn't take that away. I'm acting like I have a speakerphone. Um, the pre-show was on, and, you know, I had some uh, Coca-Cola already. I tried to stay away from the alcohol. Um, Coca-Cola is just as bad, empty calories, and you don't get the fucking buzz. But, anyway, pre-show had uh, the now ugly Eddie Edwards. Remember when he was like Lance Storm? Um 2.0, except with more charisma and fucking part of the wolves and whatnot. Uh, now, I don't know what the fuck. He looks like Bushwhacker Luke or some shit. He's a, a hardcore wrestler. Doesn't look like he's on the juice at all. He doesn't look like he even really works out that much. But still a very competent, complete wrestler. I'd like to know, you know, when this uh, transformation happened, why, if he went through something, if he just said, fuck it. Uh, Davey Richards left me, so I'm just Eddie Edwards now, and I'm just going to stay here and be good and be one-tooth motherfucker. But he looks like Big Josh from WCW. But anyway, uh, him and it was supposed to be a five-way where my buddy Michael Elgin should have, could have, would have. I don't know if he was supposed to, but it should have been the night where he became TNA World Champion. Um Tessa Blanchard was also originally slated, but somehow she's gone out with Daga, not to be confused with Lady Daga or Gaga or any of those motherfuckers. But she's in Mexico, which is I'm sure makes Tully really happy. What is it with the Horseman's kids? Fucking Charlotte Flair, Tessa Blanchard, it's Andrade and Daga. Jesus Christ. What are, why don't I just marry landscapers? Anyhow... Uh, yeah, this is uh, not politically correct, so change the fucking channel now. But anyway, um, back to business. They do, you know, video montage and a pre-show hype and everything. 
You got Ace Austin with his purple hair. He should be protesting in Portland, the fucking little jacked-up fag. Uh, he reminds me of uh, Billy Real, Jamie Dundee, those type of dudes that, like, you bang their rat, and then all of a sudden your dick burns for about a month. Um, uh, Ace, I mean, I can't take it away from a 23-year-old kid. He can work a little bit. But uh, he's just—he looks scuzzed to me. And until proven different, I, I'm not a fan of that dude. As as a um, talking about being the youngest champ and, and whatnot, and to me that would have been the wrong move. We'll get to that later. Um, Trey of the Rascals—I uh, follow off and on. I don't even know what the fuck the Rascals are really. They have laugh tracks behind them. There's one black dude, two white dudes. One of them's named Carson Wentz or something. Trey Wentz and Miguel or I don't fucking know. But they all do the flippy floppy shit. And Trey apparently is held in good standing because he's in this world title deal. Um, all right, caller, go ahead. Yes, how are you? I'm good. Why? Well, I just wanted to touch on the things that happened this week. Uh, uh, your name, sir. My name is Abe. I Abe. No, my name is Abe. A B E. I was uh, thinking about this this guy on the Masked Singer. Well, uh, this is a Slammiversary show, sir. I'm not sure that really pertains, but I do watch Masked Singer. You are you referring to Nick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick Cannon. Uh, every Wednesday, my wife. Uh, Edith, she says, let's watch our stories. And I, I the, the wrestler, I have a little wrestling tie-in because uh, I watched this AEW, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, uh, the, that airs on Wednesday night, so there's a little conflict. But I watched the man singer. And, and this guy wears a turban, this, uh, this Nick, Nick Cannon. And uh, between me and you, Edith can't hear, but I used to watch his sister, Christy Cannon, uh, on, the, on the adult films. But anyway, this Nick Cannon now. Uh, he he comes out and says uh, something about the Jews, and uh, I just don't like it. You know, I, uh, it made me want to turn off the mass singer, and I just I just I'm not into that. Well, Abe, um, thanks for checking in, but uh, the only connection you gave me is a Wednesday night connection for AEW, and this is a show about a pay-per-view from a company called Impact. So have a good night, Abe. Oh, boy. Um, anyway, I didn't even get to match one yet, and I already had a caller, Abe, talking about Nick Cannon's anti-Semitic rant. Um, we got uh, Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo. We got Sammy Callahan and Shamrock versus the North. We got all kinds of shit going on tonight. So uh, in chronological order, I think that would be the best way to do it. Uh, They had the pre-show gimmick where they've been hyping returning stars and uh, Bobby Lashley looking dude with a suit and obviously not the body talks about the WWE releases and says there's a lot of stars and further blah, 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 blah. Guy sitting there back to the camera with a drink and... It was later revealed who it was. No big surprise, but, you know, for you guys that don't follow, maybe so. Let me, let me go off on a tangent before I talk about wrestling. Uh, a coworker got LASIK recently, and 
The motherfucker was back to work in three days. He had to wear sunglasses like fucking Ray Charles, but he has 20-20 vision. I need that shit. So go to Tim and Nate's Patreon page and put, get TR some fucking eyes. Because even though I'm making good money, that shit's like four grand for your eyes. Anyhow, fuck glasses, fuck contacts. I want the lasers. I want to get right into this shit. Uh, the, 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 the. Opening match. We got Don Callis back. I actually like Don Callis. He's pretty funny. I didn't dig him when he was with uh, Joey Styles on ECW. I thought their shit was too inside for like 1997 or whatever the fuck it was. But everybody knows now, so who gives a fuck? So his shit with Josh Matthews is pretty funny. Um, I like them together, and plus he's the EVP with Scott Diamore. So it's Dez and Wentz. Carson Wentz, I called him earlier. I don't know who the fuck he is. He allegedly chose wrestling over MMA as a professional career. So apparently a shooter versus a mystery team because they had an open challenge. Everybody thought it was going to be Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. It was not. It was the returning Motor City Machine Guns. Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. Now, an interesting, the most interesting from my perspective thing on, uh, what's his name? Chris Saban. Besides his stupid Christian haircut, and I don't mean Christian like the spirituality. I mean Christian as an edging Christian. Both of those guys, when they had that haircut, looked anything but a press, professional wrestler. Looked like a fucking half retard. But anyway, I, I would probably give oral sex to Chris Saban because right after uh, Hurricane Helms, another not-so-pretty boy, he was the first one of the boys to go out with Velvet Sky for a significant amount of time, and boy, she was hot back then. And, you know, I would follow those two because, you know, they're those two. And it made me have the illusion that she was attainable. But now, of course, we all know she's with uh, whatever his name is, the 400-pounder uh, from Busted Open Radio. Anyhow, um I'm getting off on a lot of tangents and whatnot instead of the review. So I, I got to keep these things in order. And when I get this LASIK eye surgery, so get on the Patreon and give some money to Tim and Nate. And they'll give me some money to get my eyes fixed because this is going a lot more difficult than I thought. Um, we got the Motor City machine gun show up, matching gear fucking, you know, a good, they're probably, you know, this is controversial, we're probably the best team that had never worked WWE, F, et cetera, not named Midnight Express. I mean, maybe you could throw the Fantastics in there and might have been a little better than them, but other than that, these boys were good. Um, they stole a lot of moves, not a lot, two or three from the late Trent Acid and the gay Johnny Cashmere. And he's open, so I'm not outing him or anything. But they were the backseat boys in Philly. And they were a couple years ahead of those guys, and they stole a few moves. But anyway, it was a back-and-forth, flippy-floppy AEW kind of match. But Shelly and Saban can work. Carson Wentz and Dez Bryant or whatever the fuck his name is, they uh, they hung with them. They can, you know, but a couple spots there was like a – uh, Hurricane Rana where like somebody missed but somebody went and landed on their feet and it wasn't on purpose it was 
kind of sloppy, but an okay match. Good opener, a hot opener, as they say, to get you know to get everybody up. Okay match. The end is uh, the Motor City Machine Guns go over, and they are back. They are with the company, and they're going to be back. I think I believe Tuesday they may start a program with the North, but that might be fucking screwing up a, a later result. But uh, who gives a shit about TNA anyway? A lot of botches. They botched the montage. They botched some some cuts to other things. I don't know if that's Anthem. I don't know if that's Dia Moore and, and Don Callis. I don't know if that's people missing their time cues. Uh, I don't know. But if Michael Elgin was there and he would have won the world title, it probably would have not occurred. Uh, let's go to the next fucking shit. All right, we got, I think the second the second bout was the Lady Gauntlet, Knockout Gauntlet. Earlier in the show, uh, Rosemary, who has sneaky nice tits and the greatest fucking makeup job ever of any wrestler consistently, put on a couple LBs over the years, but sneakily hot. One of my sneak, uh, sneaky crushes is that demon assassin. I'd let her put a fucking crucifix. Nah, never mind. Let me not bring that up. Anyway, the real Taya Valkyrie, Valkyrie, who apparently is eating away her feelings since uh, John Morrison went up there to the Fed and is making tons of money and looks happy as shit. And she's stuck down there at, at Impact. But uh, she's actually acknowledged that on her Instagram and has been cutting some weight lately she got these big giant boobs when she wasn't very heavy at all but then she put on a couple pounds and the fucking things look like two uh, white bowling balls standing out of her uh her gear and uh, what's with the luna cut kaya like get rid of don't look like luna. i mean a tribute maybe but it's just not working take the earmuffs off too um but this office boy Johnny Bravo, he's like he was a referee. He tra- he's a trainer in the uh, in the Canadian fucking dojo or whatever. He's got a hot like gig that I would love to be in between those two as a manager, as a kind of a stooge, whatever. So he gets his airtime, gets his paycheck, and gets to rub up with the girls and what have you. So I like that. So he comes out as Taya Valkyrie. He's 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 obviously not Taya Valkyrie. He's the fake Taya Valkyrie. And that was a deal that was made earlier in a vignette because Rosemary and Taya told him make sure neither of them lost. Anyhow, I'm not I, I, I might go out of order here. I'll get back to the women because that's when I get dirty. We'll skip the Tommy Dreamer versus Moose. Moose is a big motherfucker. Former NFL, I don't know his his legitimacy as far as a, a active starter or anything. I don't know much about him, but I know he's got to be saying that motherfucking Keith Lee stole my fucking deal. Like, because Keith Lee is way better in the ring, football background, got the WWE gig, and I don't see Moose going there anytime soon. So Moose is doing a, a TNA gimmick where he just found the belt or some shit. And he claims he's the world champion. 
it's it's kind of funny, but uh, Moose doesn't do it for me. So he he worked against the, I believe, fifty year old Tommy Dreamer. Tommy brings stability. Tommy is a uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, a good guy. Everybody in wrestling likes the motherfucker. He's like my age. I'm 50. He's probably 49, if not 50. And he looks old as fucking hell, which is really discouraging because that means what I see in the mirror isn't true because I probably look 10 times worse. Moose Sucks Eggs was on Tommy Dreamer's shirt, and he styled his bandana and almost his demeanor and his look resembled Terry Funk. Um, I don't know if it's the impact ring. Uh, I've stood next to Dreamer. He's at least my height, if not a little taller. Moose, Moose is built as six foot five. He looks every bit of six seven. In a way, I'm putting this motherfucker over, but I hate him. I hate watching him. They did a deal where it was uh, kendo sticks and fucking anal beads, dildos, anything you could name. Tommy rolls out of the ring, and he gets a small, baggy black bag. It wasn't as large as the ones in the past, so I kind of knew something was different. And, of course, it was thumbtacks. Moose got a hold of him, was forcing his face, forcing his eyes specifically into the thumbtacks. He got about an inch away as Tommy was begging off screaming, trying not to get squashed. And Moose said something to the effect of, I never watched ECW, which was like, you know, the fire-up spot for Tommy Dreamer. You can't say nothing bad about ECW around that dude. So he kind of fired up and got his face out of the deal, but ended up going headfirst anyway after a brief comeback. And Moose hit the spear. Painfully clear, the pandemic, no crowd bullshit. It really fucked up this kind of match. I mean, literally, they don't even have plants, like, wearing masks like the other two promotions. So when thumbtacks get pulled onto the ring, it's kind of like, okay, there's no heat there. It was, I don't know. I don't want to say nothing bad about Tommy Dreamer, but it was just, like, a shit match. But I do have to say, Tommy, 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 Tommy. And if you get that, let me know. My favorite recently of all promotions is a guy that apparently was in ECW and WCW and I kind of missed it. And I don't know if he did this act then, but Johnny Swinger, daddy, he uh, pulled up in a car, a Jaguar actually. And cute little interview girl said, uh, Johnny Swinger, you have a Jaguar. And he says, yeah, I went to, to the rental car place. And they said I had a Jaguar for Anderson. I didn't see Ole anywhere, so I grabbed it. So Johnny does a lot of old school humor. Then he gave her the old Road Warrior Hawk soft handshake, and he called her Steezif because she squeezed it a little bit. It's a lot of insider shit. A lot of you know, if you were around the wrestling business in the '80s and early '90s, you you get his shtick. I'm an Orange Cassidy fan. I'm a Johnny Swinger fan. So it doesn't get old or hasn't yet on either. So I dig it. Made me laugh, which is you know, more than most does these days. Yeah, I kind of jumped into the the girls' match prior because this is where I have to get the the Vaseline out, and I shouldn't have did that earlier, so now I'll start from the beginning. Tasha Steeles opened the match. She is a, I believe, Hispanic woman, possibly African-American, or possibly a combination of both. Comes out the rap, does like a kind of a homicide gimmick of chicks. When a black person or a Puerto Rican person or whatever names themselves 
Tasha steals as a double entendre, I mean, it kind of opens, she opens herself up for stereotypes. White guys didn't create that to the best of my knowledge. And if they did, she's in another promotion now, so she could have got rid of it. So take that for what it's worth. Don't blame that on the whitey. You you got a lot to blame on us. Steals. Next, it'll be uh, Henrietta Homicide. I don't know. Just don't complain if somebody busts on your name. Anyway, she opens with Bailey. I mean, Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray, the smiley chick with the nice ass. Pretty, really pretty when her fucking hair was down. She had a, she has a gimmick tying her hair up like uh, Bailey. But she's really good looking. She was tan. Nice fucking ass. She, she doesn't have the big fake jugs like a lot of the broads. Former gymnast. She's like Bailey 2.0. She had a, a cup of coffee in AEW. I have no idea what happened, but she's the only person that I know of that got released by AEW. And I just read little blurbs that something happened at a hotel between her and the god of the demo, as he proclaimed himself, Chris Jericho, who's also my age, and she must be like my daughter's age, like 20-something. So I don't know if she was marking out. I don't know if she was ratting out. I don't know if he was hitting on her. I don't know anything. None of that could be true. But something happened between them at a hotel, and then she said bye-bye from AEW. So if somebody could clear that up for me, I'd appreciate it. So Bravo uh, came out to be the fake tie, which I, which I went into. I don't, I, you know, God bless him. He's getting a paycheck. It was really lame. Kimberly comes out next. It's a gauntlet match slash battle Royal. Kimberly looks like cross between a biker old lady and a 1970s moolah girl. She's I, but you know, I think at the bar, she wouldn't uh, exactly be leaving at 1230 after just one sip of a fucking wine cooler. I think she'd be there for the for the get-go. It's actually my kind of girl, but uh, she comes out. I mean, I'm not even reviewing the match. I'm just reviewing these uh, characteristics of these broads. The next one was my chocolate. My new chocolate fucking fantasy, Kira Hogan. What a fucking ass on this girl. Jesus H. Christ. I'm 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 debating in my head what in the fuck's nicer, her ass or sunny kisses. In the dark, it would probably taste and look the same and feel the same. But Kira Hogan, man, pretty face, long hair, ass from fucking uh You couldn't ask for a better fucking tuckus. We're talking Mm, mm. I'm gonna give her. I'm gonna give her the nod on Sonny Kiss, because Sonny Kiss probably shits like a dude, because he is a dude, and and her she probably shits strawberry yogurt out of that fucking fine little thing. She has no boobs, so that's a little keeping her from being a ten or what have you. But you know, maybe she'll plant some uh, Miss Texas gimmicks in there one day. Um, I don't know her deal. She can work a little bit. I don't give a fuck about this match. That's why I'm talking about how sexy they are. Speaking of sexy, Sue Young had a crazy fucking gimmick. For some reason, I think she's with Rick, Rich Swan, but I, I'm not sure because he was with somebody else when he got let go from WWE. For that nonsense, they had an argument, and it was the Me Too movement and whatever. But anyhow, something I read had them connected, but maybe I'm wrong. But I like Sue Young because she's probably a fucking mess, too. She, uh, when she does the devil gimmick or whatever the fuck she does, she, like, carves, like, names in her leg, which means she's a cutter. So she, you know, that's right up my alley. I need a girl with fucking mental problems, as 
my history would, you know, tell. But now she's got this new gimmick as Susie where she wears like a wedding. It's not a wedding dress. It's something similar. And she shows her legs and she shows her cleavage. And she's actually got a pretty face and a nice little Sydney Crawford beauty mark on there. I could give two fucks if she could do a moonsault or a fucking small package or, well... I want her to do a small package, but that's another story. Yeah, I like my Sue Young, so she was next. I, I don't care about this match. I, I, I don't even know really what happened at this point. But Instagram's favorite, Katie Forbes, who is Rob Van Dam. I haven't seen Rob Van Dam. He, she probably, like, wore his ass out. He was Mr. I'm with my wife, very dedicated dude. All he liked to do was smoke pot, go home to his wife, save money. Sonia, I believe her name was. I don't know what happened. They got divorced. All of a sudden, he's with Katie Forbes, who just twerks and fucking brings chicks home for him. Can't work a lick. She makes me look like fucking Kabashi. She's fucking terrible in the ring. But she's got big fake tits, somehow ripped abs. Uh, she shakes her ass. She's just crazy. So she comes in and does some stupid moves. Nobody's selling. Jenna Jameson comes in next. I mean, Madison Rain. Since she's went on the uh, cracker diet, I think that's all she's had to eat since 1984. She used to be one of the beautiful people with Velvet and uh, the other girl, like Angelina Love. And she had some big fake knockers, which helped because she had some weight to her and nice chunky ass. But now she's with Josh Matthews. And I don't know. doesn't look like they eat much. I know she has a child. I don't know if it's with him. But she looks like Jenna Jameson, the old Jenna Jameson in the face, kind of the mid-range Jenna Jameson. Anyway, she's got, she's actually, you know, I'm kind of busting on her, but she's got a great personality, good mind for the business, can work, uh, just got to put some weight back on. So she was out next. She's an entertaining person, entertaining character. I don't want to get too sexist here, wink, wink. The real Taya entered. And I talked about the Luna haircut and eating her feelings and all that because she, you know, she's a little chubby. There are all a couple people being eliminated. I could care less who the fuck got eliminated. Alicia Edwards comes out, who looks like, I don't know how to really explain her because I don't know if it's a shoot that she's Eddie Edwards' wife or whatever, but she looks like, I don't know, uh, looks like a, a girl who has methamphetamine problems. She may not, but she's very thin. She looks like a, a, a ring rat that was cute for the trailer park. Anyway, in and out. I think Havoc came in at some point, or maybe she's coming in. Nevaeh came in, who's Havoc's buddy, and she's about seven chips ahoys away from being Havoc. But for right now, Nevaeh, by the way, is heaven spelled backwards. And uh, heaven's a little exaggeration, but she's doable right now. Bit chunky. But uh, as I said, a couple more chips ahoy and she'll be Havoc's twin. And that ain't too good unless you're doing a Nia Jax gimmick. Uh, who the fuck? Oh, yeah. Disappointment, though. I, I, you know, as I said earlier, I want to bang Rosemary. And and that's, that's kind of creepy now that I read it because my mother's name is Rose and my daughter's name is Mary. Anyway, change your fucking name, demon assassin. But... Yeah, I do want to fuck you if you're listening. And I want to I want to come on your bad makeup. Actually, great makeup, but evil makeup. Bad outfit, though, because she's got these underrated jugs. And she had this whole body thing with green fucking gimmicks all over covering everything. And, uh, you know, ruined my couple minutes of my uh, demon assassin fascination. Bravo did a second thing as her. I guess... Uh, 
added a little of the paycheck. I do have the finish. It ended with Taya and Rosemary uh, as the heels with the new Bailey Kylie Ray and the winner got a shot, a guaranteed shot at the title with the upcoming tapings, I guess. And uh, Rosemary put her in like that octopus thing that Tajiri does where she hangs herself over the rope. And of course, Taya mistakenly bumped into one, you know, one of them. So she got dumped and then Kylie Ray had like a fluke dump Taya. So, we got Kylie Ray apparently uh, at the Impact Hotel. It does work out for her. Take that for what it's worth. Somebody will smart me up to that story someday. All right, we got Don Callis and winner Kylie Ray. As as I said earlier, very good looking. Uh, if you really look at her on some you know some shots, she's just like smiley and all that, but. At the end, her hair was down, long, pretty hair, tan, pretty eyes, pretty smile. Mm. Anyhow, so I went to the bathroom and cleaned up, and by the time I got back, Don Callis and Josh Matthews, they're at the, you know, ringside. And uh, what looks like, you know, just a Jay Brone cameraman fucking crew guy, is, uh, you know, in the background, and all of a sudden, uh, he grabs a microphone. Wow, it's a surprise. It's Heath, not to be confused with the Heath Bar, formerly known as Heath Slater with uh, some fresh new gimmick merch called Free Agent Shirt On. Good move for him. Grabs the microphone, jumps in the ring, promo, uh, do your best if you want to, you know, go back and try to listen to it. Another botch. They used to have Keith Mitchell, who did, like, WCW and all that shit and was with Jeff Jarrett from the beginning of TNA, and he was really good at what he did. I don't think Anthem kept him on board because there were so many audio, video botches, and that shit don't usually bother me, but when you're debuting Heath Slater with some kind of I'm here interview, I don't know what the fuck he said. Because the microphone, the system sounded like me grabbing a microphone at the Dennis Carluzzo show in 1989. It was terrible. If you see any tapes of me grabbing a microphone, you can't understand a word I fucking say. Same thing here. 2020, bad technology. But he's there, boom. Indian dude, not part of his three-man band team, um, Jinder Mahal. It wasn't him. It was Rajit, who actually I never really pay attention to, but... To his credit, he did a good promo, you know, saying, who the hell do you think you are coming in? And he had a good microphone, too. Who do you think you are coming here out of nowhere, you know, and demanding a title shot when I've been here and overlooked, yada, yada, yada. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Slater drops him pretty quick with uh, some kind of move that WWE never let him do, I guess. But it was it was a nice little segment to introduce Heath. My man Johnny Swinger as Suicide was gold because they were playing a montage as far as building up this Willie Mac Chris Bay match, um, which Johnny Swinger had a hand in, and uh, he he worked as Suicide with the mask and and worked like an old man trying to get in between the ropes like Spider Man and stuff. Funny Johnny Swinger, you know. At the end of the show, you should just know that I like Johnny Swinger. Uh, 
don't really care about much else since they fucked Elgin. But anyway, Willie Mack, who is a young guy, a fat guy, but he can, like, stand and moonsault. And he's just got a weird charisma. Last night he had, like, uh, those fucked up eye things in that they make you uh, those contacts that uh, I think uh, the guy, what the fuck is Mabel? He had so many gimmicks, Big Daddy V, whatever, whichever gimmick, those fucking contacts that make you look like a demon. Willie Mack had them in for some reason last night. And him and Chris Bay, who Callis said that he recommended get the job there. Chris Bay does not much for me. I can see his athleticism, et cetera, but I don't know. But dare I say, Willie Mack, if, uh, Besides his physique, if they let him be Willie Mack, he kind of is a tit hair shy of having junkyard dog charisma if we're talking territory days. And that's a, that's a bold statement. But anyway, this was an ugly match with a lot of botches. It seemed like Willie Mack didn't want to uh, put him over. Might have laid some shit in. Or he's just clumsy. I don't know. But after a really botched spot, Chris Bay hit some kind of swing yourself into a rope, bounce off like a fucking uh, trampoline out in the backyard, and then do an RKO slash cutter or whatever. So new X Division champion, Chris Bay, I wouldn't pay to see him. Maybe that'll change. I don't know. Can't read my writing. Somebody walks the fuck out. I don't know what that means. Heath Slater is backstage walking happy with his debut. Now they have clear audio finally and he surprisingly sees a face from the past it's rhino former smackdown tag team champion they get together give the bro hug and catch up for a moment until tony guria uh i.e scott Demore, comes up and kicks Heath slater out boy did that remind me of several occasions in my life he said, due to the pandemic, you're not booked on a show, you're a free agent, blah, 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 blah. Catch up with Rhino, but you, I have to ask you to leave the building. So uh, I don't know how I feel about that. If, if that's going to be one of your new stars, you're just kicking the fuck out of the, the building. But anyway, I don't work there. The next match was the Austin Aries favorite wrestler, all-ego Ethan Page, who was one half, one half of the tag team champion's Tim Dombrova's favorite country, the North. Uh, apparently, they're both Canadian, which I didn't know. They took on the world's baddest tag team, Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. Now, I like Sammy Callahan. Uh, it really hurt my heart a little bit when I heard that Michael Elgin and Sammy had a backstage altercation, which played into Michael leaving, because you would have never known it. It was prior to a three-way between Elgin, Callahan, and the 56-year-old Ken Shamrock. But say what you want about Callahan. He's, like, very old school, very, I don't know, TR-ish, kind of dirtbag-ish, where he spits and catches it, and he's just he sneaks out during matches. I've seen this. I've talked to him when he did it, uh, grabs beers at the arenas. He's just comes time to get in between the ropes or do a promo. He's fucking gold. He's deceptively smaller in person. It's weird you can't tell. No matter who he's in there with, he looks like a husky kid. He looks to go about six foot, but he's really not. He's like 5'8", and he's got 
I don't know if he wears lifts in his boots or whatever, but he's got those thick non-lifting arms and tattoos and shit. He's a tough kid, no doubt. But anyway, back to last night. I I just uh, went off on a tangent there. The North is a underrated, very good team. Josh, whatever the fuck his last name is, Alexander, Josh Woods. There's a lot of job. Big Josh. I don't know. There's a lot of motherfucking Joshes. Okay, so he wears amateur wrestling headgear, and he was a standout from what I hear. And Ethan Page did the martial arts deal, and so he's a tough guy. I mentioned Austin Aries, who said don't wear a mask, much like Loki. And Ethan Page was very vocal on Twitter, saying he kicked that little shit's ass or little shrimp or something like that. He doesn't have any respect for the business, yada, yada, and he'd love to have a shoot with him. So uh, I guess that's good. I don't care about the mask, though. But anyway, working around Ken Shamrock, in my opinion, and I heard Dave Meltzer and uh, Brian Alvarez, I think it was Meltz, though, who, yes, I still like and is still my friend despite a lot of my friends disliking him. He He didn't really put this match over too much, but I think this is the best match on the show. Clearly, they worked around Shamrock's age, but Shamrock, to his credit, leaped on the top rope and did a overhead belly to belly to Josh, whoever the fuck his name is. Um, the other three were excellent, and they had a nice clean finish where the North went over, did a promo, and they set up their little feud with the Motor City Machine Guns, which will be awesome in ring wrestling for those that are into that. I'm looking forward to this week's edition. They're taping this week, so I want to see the North. Uh, the North will be scooped up by somebody, I think. So anyway, the next match would be uh, Nate Bush special, two thick Johns, if you will. The brothers in Philly call uh, bigger girls thick Johns. You know what I mean? Jordan Grace had a short haircut, which wasn't very flattering to her. Pulled her uh, her ass strap, or it was a one-piece. You know, a lot of girls like to pull it right up the asshole, you know, to show their cheeks, but not flattering to me. Maybe uh, Nate Bush and some African-American viewers, but I'm not into a big fat ass. I kind of smelled her little seepage through the TV, to be honest with you. But a uh, big bruise on one of her ass cheeks wasn't very cute to me. Speaking of thick Johns, this Deanna Peraza, who I've met a couple years ago, beautiful girl, allowed to do her virtuoso, virtuosa gimmick where she's articulate and, and speaks so well and uh, considers herself above uh, the competition due to her superior intellect and vocabulary, et cetera. She, I, I, I kind of was tipped off that she was going to win because she had long, beautiful black hair. And I know somebody in my past is going to say, it was fucking extensions. Well, maybe you should put them in then if you're listening and you're mad because she looked fucking great. She had makeup on like she was going out to dinner as opposed to going to a match. She looked gorgeous coming to the ring. However. Perazzo carries a belly for some reason. It reminds me of myself. And it's kind of perplexing and strange. And it's just, I don't get it because she obviously works out regularly. It's just, it might be just weird genetics. And she may be accepting and 
as I said, she's fucking gorgeous. It uh, it doesn't really turn me off or anything, but it's just odd with all the tight bodies. But yeah, her belly was jiggling as usual on some bumps, and uh, they had a nice match, which was back and forth, slow pace to to a degree. Um, working, Diana was working on getting the arm bar. Jordan kept escaping. At one point, shoot kicked her in the face. I don't know if it was an accident or a potato or a, hey, you're going to win my belt, so at least you're getting out of here with a broken fucking nose or something. But Yeah, Diana finally reaches her, uh, her destiny, which was probably part of her signing there and wins the Impact Knockouts Championship with a double arm bar. She positioned herself to really stretch the arms together, and uh, Jordan Grace had no choice but to verbally tap out because she had nothing to tap with, quite frankly. But, yeah, Deanna is a mystery because she's very, very pretty and a nice butt and the nice legs, and uh, but she just carries some stomach weight, and maybe she's just like, fuck it, I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm good looking, whatever, and maybe genetics. I don't know. I'd like it. It's just different. It's very different. If you see the Sasha Banks of the world and the, even Charlotte, they're just flat stomach. But, hey, maybe that's why she ain't there anymore. I don't know. Then comes the main event, Big Daddy Cool. I, actually, Madman Fulton, but he's doing a dead-on Kevin Nash on Michael's thing with Ace Austin. They're out there. There were two surprises What's his name was out there, Trey of the Rascals. I don't think he should have been in the main event. How many of them were? Ended up being five. Uh, there was originally five, but Tessa Blanchard was still probably in Mexico. Elgin, we've already went through that. So that left Ace Austin with Diesel. Eddie Edwards, that's the one I'm forgetting. Eddie Edwards, I already went through his fucking story. And that, that Rascal. Um, Trey. So there was supposed to be a fourth man as a surprise. Out comes Rich Swan, who's cleared. That wasn't much of a big pop. I mean, there was nobody there to pop anyway, but Rich Swan in your main event is your surprise. So I kind of had a feeling it would be a swerve. And it was a little swerve because out comes EY, Eric Young, the horribly misused Little white nipple, Eric Young. Look at his chest next time you watch. You'll get that, too. I've always been an Eric Young fan, but then I heard him talk off-air, like on Steve Austin and a couple other places. Totally not entertaining, so maybe that's why Vince never gave the green light. They had that sanity thing. They brought them up, and he just never had real success there. But in TNA slash Impact, it's a good place for him. He was the surprise of the main event. They had, you know, quite frankly, a good match. It was, uh, they got people out of the way, like three ways. It was a five way, so a little harder. A lot of back and forth action. I could review it and say this one went out first, this one went out second. Fuck that. All you need to know is that the last two were Ace Austin with his purple hair, looking like a protest participant from Portland, living with fucking Chaz in the fucking whatever that zone was before they got tired. The fucking rejects from society. Anyhow, him and they push a push that he could be the youngest champion, or the comeback story of Eddie Edwards. 
And Eddie Edwards, the superior wrestler, ended up winning the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. If I was going to rate star ratings, I would say it was a solid three-and-a-half star main event, considering the lack of star power. Good match all the way. Then all of a sudden, some music hit. I forget who the hell was doing a promo. Oh, it was uh, Ace and Big Daddy Cool, double team and Eddie Edwards. And music hits, and it's Big Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, who always brags about his hot Asian wife. I don't think it's a good time to brag about any hot Asians during a pandemic if they're a Carl machine gun. But anyway, you got a hot Asian wife and three half-Asian boys. God bless you. Probably grow up to be the fucking greatest wrestler of all time. One, if not all three of them. Maybe it'll be the yellow Von Erichs. Um Anyway, back to uh, the match. They come out and they tease that they're going to four-on-one Eddie Edwards. But babyface Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson give the magic killer to Ace Austin, I believe. Uh, we think the show's over. Everybody's happy. Shits and giggles. Everybody's having fun. Except me. I actually forgot a few uh, things I was going to do on the show. But anyway, we got to the almost end, and there he is, the guy who was facing the announcement that WWE released all these people and Slammiversary, they'll be live. And it was the reborn EC3, just a clip, and a tease for the upcoming weeks of Impact Wrestling. So we got EC3, Eric Young, Heath Slater, Gallows and Anderson, and somebody else, the fuck that I mentioned earlier, did I forget? Jordan Grace is now not a champion. X Division champion has changed hands. Trey Young or whatever fuck. Uh, that's right, he plays for the Hawks. I don't know the guy's name. He beat Willie Mack. Slammiversary was only like 39 bucks. I've spent that in beer in like one hour. So I was sober last night. It was cool besides me falling asleep every two matches. And that's why uh, I'm doing this after the fact. The horror story from WWE is going on or is done, actually. So I got to catch up on that. 